Make a rule. Tell them how much tax you have to pay and fuck off. Make a rule. Tell us how much tax we have to pay and fuck off. How to govern. <laughs> Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 99, August 5th, 2018, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Feels so good to be back in the home studio. What a venture we had this summer, the last two months. Haven't been able to create as much as I would like, but been able to be part of things, not just be a witness. One of the greatest things I have to share with you about this summer is today's episode. Lee Malloy in the International Church of Cannabis in Denver, Colorado. One of the special joys about this is I would never have been able to go to meet Lee without Midtoker. Create. That is the theme of today's episode. Create. Almost three years ago, Lee and his friend are sitting in the church, token on some herb, and they come up with the idea, let's just leave it a church. It could have just stayed there. How many times have you out there thought of, let's make a church? Lee did it. And it's standing there today. And they're fighting for our rights. And like we'll hear from Lee, it takes more than just the idea. You have to activate. But you know, they say fortune favors the brave as well. You gotta get up there and make it happen and actually manifest it and not just talk bullshit. You gotta make it happen. When Far North Tokers went mobile, I knew I had to stop in in Denver. Many reasons. One of them was the cannabis scene. Gotta check that out, right? And what better way to meet up with a previous guest than sliding right on through and get to take a tour of the church. Here's where a special thank you goes out to the family. While I was touring around Denver, trying to find the church, doing rush hour, family was sitting in a KOA campground enjoying a pool Relaxing, I hope, as much as they could. Gets tough out there with the kids, huh? But we did it. And uh, I got a good interview here with Lee. And I got uh, just the tour. If you ever get to Denver, Colorado, you must go see this church. The pictures I've been posting do not do it justice. My breath was just taken away a few times. You turn corners and you see those brilliant colors, the geometry, the imagery. Mm. Tell them Midtoker sent you. You might even get a special tour. This is the Elevationists. Come talk about what you believe and enjoy cannabis. I like their idea. Is it going to be easy to recreate in other places? They're fighting it. They're fighting First Amendment things. 
right to privacy, the right to assemble. Oh, Lee, I so appreciate what you're doing, and I'm so happy to have met you. So happy to have taken Sacramento 420 with some Huckleberry Kush from Rancho Relaxo. Mmm, man, what a time. When I first went in and met up with Lee, we go in through the back door, not really the front entry. Front entry's all gated up. Go through the side, get led down through kind of a rec room area where you can see where people meet. Definitely a great on-site consumption, but no one was smoking when we went through. Lots of things set up, comfortable space. He leads me around to this wall where everyone has signed their birthday wishes for the International Church of Cannabis. And Lee was kind enough to let Far North Tokers leave their mark. I'll post that and see if you can find it. Then, you walk up a spiral staircase around, and there it is. You walk into the back of the church in all its glory. Go see it for yourself. Enjoy the interview with Lee. When was this? Well, actually, on, we, well, we officially on 420, but it was a bit... Just this couple days ago? Like, yeah, but, but the really is, we've been around for quite a bit longer than... We were. We opened about six months before 420 in 16, and upstairs was painted, but we made it our official birthday because it's, you know, fun. So you live here full-time then? No. No, you don't? Yeah. No, no, I, I lived here. Uh, when we first moved to um, Colorado, I, lived, uh, I actually lived just over in this office back there. But no, I, have a, I have an apartment I think it's two blocks that way. This uh, is just an awesome place. I mean, just the neighborhood. Like, my experience with Colorado has not been mm, that good. No? I, I, no. The first time I came through, was in a, in a Volkswagen truck and... Mm. Tough getting through the Rocky Mountains in the, in the Volkswagen truck. Hmm. This is just a really nice area compared to what I'm used to. Yeah, but the, but the problem is them being in a nice area means that they're less inclined to think of us being as neighbors. But, you know, what is that? They, what do you, they're, they're oh. position on us is probably like, oh, we're in a neighborhood. But, do, have you faced backlash yeah. from just neighbors right here? Yeah. Yeah, the neighborhood association doesn't like us very much, and so you know they complain to that city, and then the city, you know, they'll put in calls whenever they can if we're, if we're loud or anything, which we're not very, very rarely. You know, mm-hmm. we had actually a, a noise complaint on 420 by a neighbor who was just like literally over the road there, like during the middle of the day. That was kind of a dick move. You know, it wasn't like it was late at night. Right. You know, it was okay. like in the middle of the afternoon. But other than that, you know, there are okay-ish. But we're back in court again next month, so. So nothing really happened. It got delayed, right? Yeah, it was a mistrial, and then we got pushed back till uh, July 11th. So. You guys are just in the same place as you were a month ago, right? Yeah. Nothing really changed? No. 
No. Just, uh, it's just, it's just one of those endless legal processes. You know? We didn't get hassled for 420, right? No. Other than, you know, other than that, that one complaint from the list and the cops were very nice. They just came by and said, you know, keep down it and right and right, and they were good. Oh, great. No body cans. Nice no, right. No. <laughs> Not all right. So yeah. What kind of church was it before? Originally, it was a Lutheran church in 1903. Oh, oh, man, Lee. The, uh, <laughs> the, any picture does not do this justice. Oh, I'm standing in the chapel of the International Church of Cannabis. <sighs> Thank you so much, Lee. I, this is just... Uh, this is unreal. I mean, really, to be, I'm, I'm almost a little breath, breathless a little bit. Yeah. Because you see the picture unusual. and, yeah, and then it's just, just incredible art. Not bad for six days work, right? Six days? Yep. The whole thing? The whole thing. Started that way. Went this way. One artist? Uh, it was Akuda and his two assistants, and then there was about five of us helping out. Just carrying stuff around, moving shit. These things were hard because this was all pused. It was all pused at the back. So we got about half these after this was painted. But when it was all pused, these things just had to be moved and laid down hardwood floors. And we built three scaffolds, one, two, three across, and then just kind of moved them down. So this just had to be kept out the way, and it was all just a massive like logistical nightmare. But we got it done in six days. Six days. Uh, no Did you paint anything? No. I didn't paint anything. I might. I mean, I might have brushed the wall or something over here, but like that was. No, nope, but that's that's your part, man. Yeah, but I helped to move the scaffolds. You know, I was I was here every day. There was no sketching in advance, so we didn't really know what was going to happen. No planning it out. Where did he Where did he start? But it started that side, and then it kind of went over this side, and then just came this way, and then went back to the beginning, and then went up through again. Blue rose at the top there. Yeah. That was like literally a, a, a little plastic blue rose that I found in here on the floor of the, the chapel. Uh, and I just found it, and I don't know why, I just kept it. And then when he came, I was just like, can you just put this like this somewhere? So it went from the floor to, to the ceiling. And then he put it right at the point there. So I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another cool view. Yeah. Uh, how do I put it? Like, do you feel this as you're walking through? Always. Every time I walk in here, I yeah. walk up and me. I, I like it a lot. Tell me again, when I am gifted from you being able to come in here like this, but when can people come and see this? Yeah. Uh, you said Fridays? Fridays 1 to 3, and then noon till 5 on Saturday and Sunday. That's our current open hours for the public viewings. You get a lot of people come through? Yeah, a fair few people come through, yeah. And then Friday nights when we have our actual member services, that's, you know, a different... Uh, situation, so you have to be invited, and it's you know private, so we can actually partake and. Whatever. How many people? Uh, usually, it's, it's about 30, 40, something in that range. You know, for special events, you can get up quite a bit more. But and you had Melissa Etheridge, you said? Yeah, for uh, 
for uh, at 420, yeah. Did you guys invite her? She just wanted to come be a part of it, or how'd that work? Uh, I can't remember how. It wasn't me who got in touch with her. I don't remember how we got in touch with her, but somehow we did, and then invited her, and then she, and then she said she'd come and play. And but there was no. It was very. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't like a, you know very very laid out. It wasn't paying anything, and you know it was, she was singing the national anthem at the game downtown. And, And then her guitar, the, the, all the sounds stopped working on her guitar, and so she ended up playing acoustic, which was, which was crazy. It was so cool, you know. She did um, that Janis Joplin song, uh, Mercedes Benz, you know that song. Yeah. And she did that all like acoustic and. Let's see. If you were to perform at the Church of Cannabis, what song would you sing? She was amazing. And she was such a good, like she was such a professional, amazing, and fun person. And I was hanging out with her wife uh, upstairs in the green room and just smoking weed and chatting with her. And she was great too. And we had a good time. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, you realize why people are have made it when yeah, you meet them. Sure. And like, <laughs> a, like a proper, you know, rock goddess <laughs> for sure. Um, let me show you upstairs, and then you know you can be across the class first. So, it's 13,000 square feet of the whole place. It's quite huge, actually. There's Did you say 13,000? Yeah, there's a lot of space and fun places to walk around and discover. Yeah. So, what we've got here is um, you can get in here. And then you 
Yeah, catch a frame when you look out through the grip. Don't catch up. Oh, man. It's a very cool frame. This had to be some kind of, uh, uh, what is that called? Um, thank you. Yeah, right in front of everybody, this yeah. side up. Yeah, you don't get to come in here. Man. Unreal. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm getting short breath, just kind of being in here. It's kind of, it's just, well, it's that might really... just be like the Colorado, like climbing up and down stairs and getting short breath for at least six months. Nice. Eh, just art. Yeah, it's an art. This only probably didn't know this. When you were downstairs, there's this window. It's blacked out from the other side. So you can actually look. But you can look out and see like into the church. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, what was? What do you think the purpose of this was? Just spying on people? Yeah, just yeah. seeing who's paying attention, who's singing? <laughs> so we're looking at a, a one-way mirror, one-way directional. We can see through it, and they can't. The other side can't see. What's it look like on that side? Stained glass. It's just black. It's, it's yeah. It's dark. Does it match the other side? Yeah. So it just looks like the art. So here, someone sits up here and can watch everyone, making sure they're doing what they should be or not. Yep. Um, but it's also like a, like a little apartment as well, you know, there's full like, showering and like, yeah. in there. And, Do people stay here? Uh, actually, we're getting an intern in who's coming in two weeks who's going to be staying here for the summer. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. As for, what do they do as an intern? Get them to do some, like, you know, online stuff. and Just advertising and, like, yeah. that kind of marketing Just get things? Yeah, out there and, you know, promotion type things. People would pay to spend the night in here. Yeah, probably. Is that a little B&B? I don't even want to be in the Airbnb business. I understand that. What have you been choking on today? Oh, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. I don't really don't like them. So all like, I'm like, like getting towards the end of the day. Oh, okay. I'm lazy. lazy. I've got stuff to do, you know, I like you know, meetings to do, and I like to run meetings as well, so uh, from downstairs, which requires a bit more, uh, I, like, I, I just need to, when well, you're talking to people, and yeah, I just, yeah, just need to be just a little bit more straight in, in the evenings. These ashtrays? Yeah, but the day before uh, 420 last year, we realized we didn't have any ashtrays, <laughs> so literally ran to the uh, dollar store. And found these and the bulldog clips, and just thought that is a good solution, and then never changed it because it works fine. Yeah. Right. It's so easy to just pick them up, to empty them, and then move on. How back. smoky does it get in here? Well, I guess because you're not worried about the clean air stuff, so you don't have to get filters or anything like. Do you? Yeah, not really. But we're supposed to. Um, but yeah, yeah, because I mean. We're breaking the law, we're breaking the law. That's not going to help happen, really. Right. Yeah, so might as well just... Huh? You know, the, the amount of uh, effort it would take to really clean the air and the size of the uh, carbon filters required is just noisy and 
I am. You wouldn't want to touch. You wouldn't want to touch this silence. Yeah. I mean, I know you can see like uh, what you see up there at the end. You look up at the end. Oh, you're asking me what I see? Yeah. I always go to skulls. Yeah, that's why I always say skull. <laughs> People see skulls, and then here, you know, these two animals, obviously. Uh, so we get the bull and the bull, the bear or something? Yeah, I think it's a bear. Some people say it's a dog. I think it's got too small of ears. Right. Yeah, I, I, I always think it's a dog, and then this 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 legal thing here. Is... We'll have to see. Well, the artist had to have said something, right? No, we, we specifically, you know, wanted it to be that open interpretation. So you hear more dog than bear? Yeah, I think that's definitely bull. Yeah, for sure. No doubt in that one. Is there any kind of money talk? I mean, I'm just, when I see bull and bear, I just, you yeah, know, I you know, think of markets, stock markets right? and things. Yeah. I don't think so, but maybe that was the point. I don't think it's a deliberate effort to not. Yeah, I think maybe a cat. You yeah, would I think there'd be risk competition. So what do you get out of that? This. Oh, there seems to be like a tree of life motif there. You see people sitting up on the trees. I don't really know about these like, sort of angelic creatures, but odd. Yeah. The main? These two. Yeah. Sides, yeah. You got the brick and the rainbow. And, yeah. Yeah, really. and the cool thing about art, it sometimes doesn't mean anything to the artist. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing it in a, it, good art is a lot of things. And one of the, I mean, I know the little blue horse is one of his signatures. You know, oh, and all the things? Yeah. Typically we'll do that. So. Oh, that's cool, because that, that really... I wouldn't have really noticed it, but it's so perfect and yeah. just sitting there, the silhouette of the blue horse. The, the dripping rainbows. Yeah. I'm a deputy of habit I just can't forget I'm only you grow? No, I don't. Like being in a, a legal state, do you go to many of the shops? Uh, I go to some, you might sit down one. Sure, I, yeah. I go to some of the shops. I don't go to shops that often. Uh, I, I find myself, um, typically people give me weed a lot. Yeah, I would think so. You know, and... Um, like it's just all, it's around a lot. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, and I probably smoke less than most people would imagine. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I think so. Because people think I'm just waking up and just getting high and just staying that way all day, which is not the case. Do you ever get high in the morning? Sometimes. Okay. Like on the weekend, you know? But, like, I do, I do, I do have a sort of... It's your, it's your recreational or your sacrament time? Yeah, spiritual or more recreational. Exactly. I have a more of a kind of, I guess, old-fashioned idea of, like, you know, getting up and going to work and, you know, put in my, put in my day first. Um, oh, and then sell kind of the dessert... Yeah, exactly. And I get to you know enjoy it a bit later, and it doesn't bother me to do that either because I, I like I like to differentiate those differences in how I feel and the way I think, and you know I need more creative time sometimes in the evening, and so like you know th you know it's nice to maybe have a, a smoke with, yeah. You know, if I want to think about something specifically, then you know it's good to, I think to do that both you know straight and sober. You know, these are all right. Definitely. It's definitely ways I use it. Do you do four twenty every day? Um, or just on the Friday? Well, 
I mean, you know, even on Friday, as you say, it's 4.20 somewhere, you know, right. every 20 minutes past the hour. So, you know, we You guys don't even focus on it in here then? On Fridays, we do, we'll do 4.20 at 6.20 because usually people are coming in about that time after work and stuff. So, you know, it's like, you know, we're a couple of hours off, but, you know, it's, as you say, it's 4.20 somewhere, right? All right, Definitely probably where you are actually yeah so we we have our candle lighting and we have our i don't know if you saw the on the right hand side there there's the prayer we do which is like a little meditation or a prayer which i, I you know i can i i often do, do just think about that and you know with or without having to light the candle you know, it's not a hundred percent part of my daily ritual but it is often part of my daily ritual I've done it once, very specifically for you. Yeah. And I, I try to, but it, it goes out of my brain a lot. Right? Yeah. Being actively engaged in a thinking process, going through what you're putting into your body at that time and the light, it's, it's a good moment. Yeah. No, I think so. It's definitely uh, ritualizing the use of cannabis in a sacramental way. For me, is important. You know, it definitely is important. And it's uh, helped me like think through some problems and issues, and you know, and be a uh, hopefully a little bit of a better person for it. Yeah. It surely slows you down. It yeah. gives you it slows things down, lets you think more about it. Yeah. Music to the ceremony or party, um, or? yeah. Or normally when we uh, when we're open, like to public viewing oh, right. house, like a, like I like to have. There's a t there's a tomb uh, by Marconi Union. It's ten hours long, huh? so I like to just play it and just turn it very low and just it's very quiet and soothing. And I don't think about it anymore. And sometimes off on this screen, I'll put on like. Um, uh, you know, just like nature programs or just moving art type stuff, very, you know, natural world type stuff to give a kind of like a very peaceful, like, uh, vibe to the whole place as well. Is there a guide when people come through or do, is it just kind of walk through, sit? Yeah, it's not, there's no uh, specific guide uh, right now, although we keep talking about doing it. It's just a matter of about getting it done, you right. know. Um, and I think just really want to get a few more things in here. You know, to sort of like feel more like you know you're, you're getting something for your m money when you take the guided tour. Like uh -huh. you know, uh, at the moment, I think it's you know it kind of speaks for itself a lot. Though you know, you just kind of just sit and look at it. Yeah, but it's nice being pointed out things. Yeah, I mean the horse, <laughs> right? You know, and just different things. Knowing knowing how it was created and yeah. the whole six day thing. You could have a plaque saying it happened in six days, but when you're sitting there talking to the person that moved the scaffolding around. And the Michelangelo thing, that's a cool connection that people aren't going to no, that's true. catch. Yeah, it's, it was a good one. I mean, it took Michelangelo four years to do the Sistine Chapel, so no, we definitely beat that on efficiency. Yeah. The, this, the, the uh, ashtrays is good. Yeah, lots of geometry. Was he, um, no, the, the, I was sitting there thinking that there might have been like, you know, tape or something down, but it looks pretty freeform. Yeah, for the most part, it was just all done 
there's a cool t uh, time-lapse video downstairs. Uh, it's on our website, I think, as well. You can see how it was done. Like you would like, say like this, you'd get up there and kind of sketch it first out as all, so it was line sketched out, and then he'd put dots in there, like the purple, the blue, the, the red, you know, whatever, dot, 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 ah. dot, dot. And then Marcus and Pablo, the two assistants, would come in and fill it in, <laughs> basically like a coloring book. Oh, wow. And then he'd come back around again, and he'd do like edging and shading and get, the, get it sort of perfect. Just a whole paint by number. Yeah, pretty much. Did you guys pay him to do that, or he came in and did it for you guys? No, we didn't. We, we paid for um, the plane. Like, we flew him from Madrid, so we played for the, the plane for him and, and his assistants, put him up for the time for the week, uh, paid for the paint, and built the scaffolding and all that kind of stuff, and fed him and left, looked after him for the week. And that was it, really. And then he, I mean, he did very well, because we opened and were in the New York Times, like... And then the day after we were in the New York Times, Alicia Keys called and was like, called the New York Times. It was like, who painted that church? And like, and then the next thing, he's flying to her house and he painted her house. So she, he got paycheck. Right. You know, he, he didn't do badly out of it, for sure. Have you seen pictures of her house? I haven't. I haven't. But he's, I can imagine it because his style is very, you know, right. you know much like this. Uh -huh. He's done the side of entire skyscrapers. Like he has, like in like Singapore and stuff, he does massive murals. There's like a handful of people in the world that you can really trust to do something on this scale. What is his name again? Okula San Miguel. Okula San Miguel. So it's O-K-U-D-A, basically. Okula. You'll find him on anything. And he doesn't smoke weed himself, which is interesting. His subsistence smoked it all the time. Uh, but he didn't at all. He just says he doesn't need it and doesn't. He's all good. You know, sure, seems to be. Right. So he hasn't ever, or he just doesn't I think anymore? He probably has. Right, it's to make more, a statement like that, yeah, to say, I don't need it. Yeah, I'm sure he just, uh, I guess he just doesn't want it when he's working, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, right. Everyone finds the vibration they need. Yeah. And then we've got these, uh, we've got some fun stuff. We've got those, cha those chairs there. We got those, I think those chairs were came off of. Um, Craigslist, those two blue chairs, and then the cushions, though, the little joint cushions, we got those uh, from Etsy to match, so they're kind of fun. You do well with mixing serious and fun. Yeah. Well, that was part of what we wanted to do, you know, and when we were first here, it was like, we don't want it to be boring and dour and it should be fun and creative and lively and, like, exciting. You know, you want people to come in and go, wow, this is great, I'm glad to be here. Not, oh, I'm going to be really quiet, although someone would be upset at me, you know? It's a kind of a different feel than most church experiences. Are people quiet when they come in? Yeah, I think for the most part. And, but then you, then they just, uh, you might hear a laugh back here or something. Or... Yeah, yeah, I mean, people just, you know, do what they do. But I think mostly they, they kind of feel it as a kind of a very, uh, a place where you can just sit and think and be quiet, enjoy and not, you know, you don't have to be loud or obnoxious, you know, you just... But it's not, you're not uh, forced into being quiet, you know. What happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's just little pockets. Is, is it lead from the front? Or are there little pockets of little things going on? On Friday, Friday evenings, yeah, it's, it's been lead from the front. Uh, we're trying to change that because it, but it does create, a, you know, this very authoritarian feel that everyone's, you know, face the front, listen right. to that guy. He's got the, the knowledge you need, you know, which is not really what we're trying to do. I saw you with your arm, boy. 
some of the, the, the experience of being in a church, like like the pews, we don't want them all, but like having some pews is good, you know, having like this feel is kind of cool, so we're gonna, what we're going to do is keep about, probably going to lose a couple more racks of pews, all of these back chairs can stack in that room over there, we're going to pull back two rows of pews and move it all back, so I have more of an open space at the front for like yoga and what have you down there, because from about here back it starts to slope a little bit. So it's not so good for yoga. But the rest, what we're going to do with the carpet, just uh, lay the whole thing in like, you know, very short, like putting green length astract turf. And then have a more, you know, blankets and like a park-like feel toward in the back half. Mm -hmm. So that you could have a circle of people. So like five or ten people want to sit around and talk about something, you know, with cushions and chill, they can do that in a much more sort of like less formalized way. Maybe like a... Uh like an outdoor concert show. Yeah, exactly. That's some that more of a feel. You've got something going on up there if you want to watch it. But if you're can. back on the lawn, you can like, you know, chill. Yeah. So that, that's the kind of feel we want to kind of create, which I think, you know, probably will be the next major move we make. You guys are living it right in the middle of making big business decisions to change what happens here. Yeah. When was this painted? This was painted in December of 2016. Just a little over a year. Almost a year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. And then the front was in uh, February of last year. I was, I was noticing that earlier when I was walking around. Yeah. That's a different style. How'd, how'd that happen? That was Kenny Scharf. Kenny Scharf was a New York contemporary of like Andy Warhol, Jean Basquiat. He was roommates of Keith Herring. He was in all that crowd back in the early 80s. And then they all basically died. And he went to uh, L.A. and became like a street artist and became one of the most famous street artists there is, you know, I mean, his stuff, you'll find his work in like the Guggenheim, in the, the MoMA, in the Whitney, I mean, private collections of billionaires, you know, I mean, he's like, he's expensive. So what happened was Steve, who's one of our co-founders here, he was at, he was at Comic-Con, dressed as Randy from South Park, dressed as Lord, you know that episode? Huh? So he was dressed like, so he met Kenny in this state and, uh, hung out and he kind of said you should come and hang out with us and like so he got him to come and hang out so he came from hung out with us for a weekend and we went skiing up in Brackenridge got him high and my ski jacket you know we looked after him and I was like come back you should come back and paint something for us so we got him to come back and like to do a 24 hour ninja mission and basically painted the front and and the truth is like a piece that size by Kenny Schaff would cost most people their house so we were very fortunate again to have somebody like willing to give that as a donation for right thinking it was just a cool thing to do. Yeah, so we paid, you know, we looked after them again, paid the expenses, but... Do you think about moving on to an on-site consumption as that grows in regs? What is it? Like, just pure on-site consumption? I'm like, sorry, I'm not Oh, like uh, people consuming cannabis, on-site consumption, like... Uh, well, we do on Friday nights. Right. That's the only time, we, you know, the problem is that we would get shut down and that would be the end of it very quickly. Well, that, as, as regs move along in Colorado... Do you see this church moving that way too? 
Uh, We're just keeping it in this model. I don't see it. Like downstairs could be easily. Yeah. I don't necessarily see, though, that, that we're going to ever get any regulation or law in Colorado that's going to allow that to happen here. Really? Yeah. I think they're always going to be very tough on it. Just yesterday, the governor didn't... There was a, a bill that had passed through um, the legislator saying that um, they were going to have, like, testing of... Uh, you know, dispensary testing. You could go there and you can try the weed out in the dispensary testing rooms or whatever. And just not, not signing it. Oh, uh, so the governor is really controlling things. Yeah, and then on a on a city level, the the uh, the mayor is completely against cannabis. How does that happen in 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 this area? Yeah, this area is not is not nearly as like uh, open and liberal as you think. There's a there's a there, the state is much more liberal in terms of like the Boulder and certain areas are very hippie hippieish and. But Denver is not really so much. It's a drinking town. It's like, you know, you'll f there's you know, breweries everywhere and craft right. breweries everywhere and distilleries all over the place. And it's drinkers and cowboys. And it's not like necessarily uh, as much smoking as people imagine. Yeah, it's fighting against that old history, huh? Exactly. And I, don't, and I think what's gonna, what we're going to see in the long term is, is I, I can't see federal government ever legalizing flour anyway. You know, I think we're going to end up in a situation where it's going to be all, all extracts, it's going to be all vaping, it's going to be all edibles. I, I, and, and I, that's how to, East Coast is going. That's, and it's not, yeah, I don't see it going any other way. I can't, I can't see how it would, could go any other way. All right, just big, giant fields making concentrates, huh? Yeah. And it's all going to go, it's going to corporate out within like a couple of years. And it will just be massive corporate and done, you know. And all of these little businesses and all the states are just going to, die out pretty quickly, I think. You then guys are seeing it first. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can see the, you can see the way it's going and see the way that the, the uh, politicians are thinking and the businesses are thinking and, you know, watching what happens, what's happening up in Canada, you know. It's very interesting. Are there many stores uh, folding here, like going out of business? No, nobody's going out of business. Not for a while. But, like, basically you've got to make hay when the sun shines and I think, you know, they've got a couple of years probably of... We're going to see what happens. And then just these in different states. How far do you think federal legalization is? How far do I think it is? Uh, like it'll happen before some states legalize it. I, I wonder whether... I See, I'm not sure. The thing is for me, I'm not sure whether the federal government has the balls to go f just to skip medical completely and go straight to rec, which I think they should. I think it's stupid. The whole medical thing is a joke. And it's requiring, a, it's creating a lot of problems. But like, it depends on whether they want to jump in bed with the pharmaceutical mm -hmm. companies or not, who will control it. Insurance companies. Yeah, or whether they're going to have it more open to more like a liquor and beer model, where it's treated more like that. You know, where there's, a, there's two different models that they can go. Both are massive industries, ma you know, massive companies. Well, what are they going to do? And someone needs to make that decision. And on a state level, I think, like, already, like, going, going medical first doesn't make any sense to anybody. It, it just seems like we're going to see if some, what states legalize next, and will they just skip that phase and go straight to the next phase? And if that starts to work out, then maybe the feds will as well. All right. But I really don't. I mean, who, it's, it's very difficult to know, you know. It's, it's, I think with, um, what's his name, uh, Boehner, John, when John, that was the, for me, that was the tipping point. It was about a couple of months back when John Boehner basically joined the board of a medical marijuana company. CNN.com, April 11th, 2018. Former House Speaker Boehner 
has evolved on marijuana by Jennifer Hansler. John Boehner is heading for the boardroom of a cannabis company. The former Speaker of the House announced Wednesday, I'm joining the board of Acreage Holdings because my thinking on cannabis has evolved. The Ohio Republican tweeted, I'm convinced descheduling the drug is needed so we can do research, help our veterans, and reverse the opioid epidemic ravaging our communities. Boehner, who served as Speaker from 2011 until his resignation from Congress in 2015, was appointed to the Board of Advisors at Acreage Holdings, a multi-state cannabis business that aims to make cannabis available to any patient who can benefit from safe and reliable access. His decision to join the board is a marked shift. In 2009, Boehner said he was unalterably opposed to legalization, according to Bloomberg. Former Republican Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld is also joining the board. The two said in a joint statement that they believe the time has come for serious consideration of a shift in federal marijuana policy, specifically citing the drugs of use by veterans to self-treat PTSD, chronic pain, and other ailments. While the Tenth Amendment has allowed much to occur at the state level, there are still many negative implications of the federal policy to schedule cannabis as a Class I drug, most notably the lack of research the ambiguity around the financial services, and the refusal of the VA to offer it as an alternative to the harmful opioids that are ravishing our communities, they wrote. The Republican politicians' appointments to the cannabis company come as the current Republican administration has cracked down on state-level marijuana regulations. In January, Attorney General Jeff Sessions rescinded a trio of memos from the Obama administration that adopted a policy of non-interference with marijuana-friendly state laws. The move essentially shifts federal policy from the hands-off approach adopted under the previous administration to unleashing federal prosecutors across the country to decide individually how to prioritize resources to crack down on pot possession, distribution, and cultivation of the drug in states where it is legal. I think that says to me that the, uh, you know, on a federal level, the government is willing to step, ready to start getting ready to step up and do something. But I hope that doesn't mean just on the medical side because it's. I don't know. It's, it's that it's an easier pill to swallow for a lot of voters. Yeah, that because they sit there and say, "Okay, medical's fine if people need medicine, but they don't want people getting high." And right, which is interesting. But if you look at the data that's out there right now, I mean, the only group of people in Colorado over the last few years that yeah, has increased uh, in terms of demographics of use is the uh, over fifty-fives. Yeah. The only one. Like teenagers, it went down. Everybody else stayed about flat. You know, and then 55 and up, it went up. Just looking for pain. Pain, yeah. pain alternatives. Yeah. It's good to see. I, 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 I'm talking to my parents and uh, my wife's parents, and they would never even consider cannabis 10 right. years ago. Right. And now it's like, what? Really? It, it's, it's good to see. Yeah. And we definitely have like several regulars here who come here every week who are in that category of being like senior citizens and uh, you know and who have been, who have been under the radar their whole lives you know and now I've been able to come out and be loud and proud about being cannabis smokers so that's kind of cool are they loud and proud in just here or everywhere generally speaking i think you know they seem to like you know dress like in you know like they were they're giving the game away you know right they're old like school it is good to see our society being affected more by cannabis instead of alcohol and how kids are their 21st birthday they have a choice now between mm-hmm. cannabis or alcohol and it's, it's a very good choice <laughs> yeah i mean i've definitely seen it myself like like you know over the years you know i've 
alcoholic liver, liver, liver disease problems, you know, and also the way it you know interacts with my my personal in, in, uh, impulse control, hmm. you know, all these kind of things through alcohol. Like I know I'm way better just doing smoking some weed, you know. So right. I, I know it's the same for everybody. So it's it's much less of a concern, I think. What's your fam- What's your family? Do they support cannabis? They don't not support. I, don't, I mean, both my brothers and their f- both. I mean, they're back in the UK. My younger brother is very openly smokes weed. You know, even though it's illegal there. The other brother, you know, he's a little bit more quiet about it because he's got a family and kids. You know, but like, you know, he'll smoke in the garage with the other one. You know, mm-hmm. um, my parents. You know, I think they kind of looked at it and went, well, these three are all doing okay, and what the f- who cares? You know, right. it seems fine. You know, they don't really mind. I don't have anybody who's really against it at all. Well, what brought you to U.S.? Very odd circumstances of I was actually working for USAID in Alexandria in uh, Egypt, uh, teaching or preparing Egyptian teachers to come to the United States to improve their English skills and then someone flew some planes into the World Trade Center. It's 8.52 here in New York. I'm Brian Gumbel. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know if it was a commercial aircraft. We don't know if it was a private aircraft. We have no idea how many were on board or what is what the extent of the injuries are right now. And then Egypt became, became very, very fast, a very uncomfortable place for me to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. How, how so? It, it, it literally went from... Just being white. The, 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 different, the, different, the day after, people coming up to me in the street, just coming in Cairo, just going, oh, we're so sorry for your... For your, uh, for your country, we pray for you, and be very nice and polite. Because they, they just see a white person, they think they're American, right? Right. To two days later, when the pictures of the people came up, and it said that, you know, they were Egyptians and stuff, the people just coming up to me go, why are you so racist? Just fucking attacking me in the street, and to the point I couldn't go outside. It just got kind of weird. How long did you um, last there after? Nine? About two weeks after. Two okay. weeks, that quick? Yeah, I was gone. Just packed, just, just packed up and left. Safety. And I was, I was with, um, well, it, as much for the safety of the uh, American girl I was in a relationship with, whose parents were just like, fucking, you need to bring my daughter home. Oh, I bet. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do because I want to get on a plane right now. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, all right, we'll figure this out. But just give me a just give me a minute, right? It was just weird. It was just a weird time to be alive. Yeah. And then like, uh, came over here and suddenly, you know, I was in a shotgun marriage. And, like, you know, it's like, oh, that was quick. Yeah, it was all very strange. So you got married to her? Yeah. Still married to her? No. Oh, it didn't sound like. Sorry, well, that's. It was good though. It lasted six years. It wasn't the worst thing in my life, but like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if, if that all weird, massive stress and upheaval didn't happen. I think you know, maybe wouldn't have got married. No, uh, yeah. When you are uh, when you share massive conflict together and stress, and you work together, that probably bound you yeah. pretty tight. Yeah, sure. Was she doing teaching English too? She was. Yeah. Wow, what an interesting perspective being there in Egypt and having to leave that fast. Yeah. And you did you come to Florida? Is that where you went? Yeah, I did. Yeah, went to Florida. Uh, um, Stuart, Florida. And then uh, that's where she was from, or she was in yeah, from Florida. Yeah, and then uh, 
And I was like, I'm not living here. <laughs> so like about a month after the wedding, we moved down to Miami. They gave us, like, the parents sort of gave us the wedding gift money to set up and get an apartment and get going, uh-huh. you know, so it was nice. And found a job and just, I was there for, like, almost 15 years when I moved here. Were you always a um, cannabis consumer at that point? Yeah. What changed from just being a consumer to, like, do you make money at this? Not at this, not really, no. But kind of uh, the, the offshoots of it, or I guess? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, I, uh, I was publishing a newspaper for a little while, uh, that that went out of business around about the time when newspapers started collapsing all over the country, you know. And after, you know, when we had the big crash in, what was it, 2008 or something. Mm-hmm. And then somebody I had known was, was decided to run for mayor of Miami Beach on a cannabis platform. So I, uh, I sort of called, called him up and said, hey, you know, you, I don't know what to do. I know everybody in town. You want a campaign managing guy? He was like, awesome. yeah, absolutely. So I, we did that and got 25% of the vote on election day, which was pretty cool. Uh, was he for, um, was it medical at that point or just, just, just straight gen- up rec? Just in general, just for, you know, for cannabis, you know. A supporter uh, of cannabis. Yeah, so we, it ran on a sort of, we support cannabis and everyone should be supporting cannabis. And I think at the, it was mostly rec at the time, if I remember recall exactly what, we was, what the messaging was. So we did that for a while. Was your paper a cannabis paper? No, it was a regular newspaper. Just covering current events? Yeah, Miami Beach. Leave Miami Beach. It was all like news and politics in Miami Beach. And then he was running for mayor of Miami Beach. So we did that and then, did, and then tried again a couple of years later. Didn't get anything with that. And then we started up a, a cannabis marketing company from Florida and tried to work on the idea that it was going to get, go through there in Florida, you know, legalize or something. It never, and it just didn't happen. And then it was literally a case of, well... Where's the business at? Here, you know, in Colorado. If we're going to find anybody that we can get some money from in terms of, you know, marketing and, you know, to using our skills, it's going to be here. And his parents uh, have a kind of a real estate empire, of which part of which was this building. And it was empty. And so, you know, we were just hanging out here, smoking, going, you know, just keep this place as a church. What should we do? Like, let's just get high, literally. Just like, that's what we should do. We should just make, keep it a church. Let's not turn it into contents. Let's make it a church. And, uh, and just did it. It was like... How was, many years ago was that? That was like, you know, two and a half years ago now. It happened pretty quick. That's another beautiful thing about cannabis. It, it makes, it creates new ideas. Yeah. And you guys activated on one. It wasn't yeah. just sitting around talking. And you had the, and not the means, but you had the, the setting. Yeah. You can't just, people up in Fairbanks talk about starting a church. There's a church. Good luck. I mean, good it's, luck. it's good not. Good luck getting something quite as magnificent, really. You know, I mean, we were lucky. I mean, it was no. fortune, but you know, they say fortune favors the brave as well. You got to get up there yes. and make it happen and like actually manifest it and not just talk bullshit. And that's, you know, you got to make it happen. Was the whole congregation of this church gone? Yeah. Like, it completely resolved. It had been standing empty for two years. When this place was painted in, in, in December 2016, this place had been empty with no heat and cold for, like, two years, and it was, like, the coldest week of the year, and it was so bitter cold in here. It was almost, it was, like, colder than being outside. It was the most cold I've ever been. And it was, it just had that kind of weird, we're starting from this cold, empty building, and then, you know, within a week or so, it was just this colourful, 
completely you know, got the furnace working and it was magnificent and like and just started inviting people and people started coming and it was just like yeah it was quite a, a quite a fast turnaround really good for you guys just activated on an awesome idea and it, it's manifested yeah I'm only Drowning in my car, I am only lonely after dark. I'm only lonely when I watch my TV. I'm only Those there prior to the art. What did the lights? Yeah, the light fixtures. Yeah, they were already there. So he just incorporated yeah, he the did. stars, the 3D star action. Yeah. Man. Does anyone ever give you problems about just God? Going like uh, someone that would come tour this place and say, hey, you guys have done done bad for God or something. Really, very rarely. I think you know if you if you're looking up somewhere to go see a devil and it's called the <laughs> cannabis, like you know you got to be open to a, to the idea to start with a little bit. Right. I think some people obviously beyond that upset. <coughs> when we first went when we went to trial earlier in the year, there was a former preacher who said that he was on our site. Like first he was like, you know, I, I like cannabis, it's all cool, and then he just was like, wait a minute, they're doing this in a church in the house of God. I can't, I can't be unbiased. And he was just, I can't do it. I, I'm going to have to vote guilty because, like, you know, I just can't do it. Just on that. Just on that alone. And so he had to be dismissed, you know. But that was the only one uh, from, you know, that was a serious thing, I think. That's cool of him saying it. Yeah, I mean, no, as very, a juror. Very up, upfront about it. It was cool. Yeah, very cool. We've talked about it. You're, you're just right back, right back at where you were. You're going to face a new trial yep. for public consumption of cannabis based on the Clean Air Act, right? Colorado Indoor Clean Air Act. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with necessarily cannabis. It's the the smoke. Yeah. If it, I think if we were smoking cigarettes, it would be the same uh, offense. But they wouldn't have come after you, probably, because it wouldn't have been the news about it, or right. Probably not. They probably wouldn't. Have, you know, it would be. I mean, unless we called the place the International, you know, Church of Tobacco. <laughs> you know, and had done the same kind of thing. I'm sure they wouldn't have paid much attention. Yeah. I wonder if there ever was one. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, the, and one of the fun things about this church is that back in, I want to say the 1930s, uh, there was a, what's the name of them? I forget the name of the congregation, but it was run by this lady, Bishop Alma White, and she was a prohibitionist. And she that was the entire church was based on the idea of a of prohibition and non-alcoholic use. In this church? In this church. So we kind of like, you know, nice. people probably wouldn't have been happy uh -uh. to see what we did. Do you ever feel any ghosts in here? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she might be one. She could be one, right? Did you want to spark up? 
Do you have something? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. That's right here? Yeah, sure. So far. This is my friends. He'll be so happy. He's an atheist, but a cannabis church appreciator. And he'd be happy to know that this is happening. Yeah. So, Ramblin' Rangers, Huckleberry. Nice. Thank you, sir. From Rancho Relaxo in, in Seattle. Ah, uh, yeah, he would, uh, he's going to be very happy to know that this is happening. Yeah, so yeah. I should have done it. I should have. Yeah. What's that? Should have had you light it off of the uh, candle, of the ritual candle. I'll be back in a couple years when you got this thing rolling, and I'll be here on a Friday night. Well, we might have other days up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I guess we're going to see how things go. I'm hoping that. Uh, I'm hoping we can just keep it open. Like it's about keeping the place alive, you know, getting more of a pulse here, so there's more things happening during the week. Really, we've been to, we were talking about that today before you arrived. At we were meeting with Scott and a couple of others. I'm good actually. I just wanted to. That was good for me. Thanks. About giving this place more of a pulse and have more activities going on here and like. You know, Especially you know. if you um, you're getting your marketing guy in this summer, or not marketing guy because you're the marketing guy. Pretty so. Much. You've got maybe another night or another yeah. weeknight. Which night would you do it? Just in the middle of the week? I think uh, actually we're talking about doing an actual Sunday. They're doing a Sunday non-consumption service for Ooh. any type of like uh, person to come in and, you know, different spiritual backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. That's what we do on Friday, really, but just without the weed. So it becomes like a, if you don't, if you want to check the place out and see what it's about, but you don't want to get high while doing it, there's an opportunity. Yeah. And have some yoga, you know, some yoga stuff going on and whatever. Yeah. Consume? Not really. That's the problem. You can't. That's too bad because that's a that's can, a good market. It, it all depends on how you do it. Like you can't advertise anything because that's that's the trick, right? As long as you're not advertising, you can you can have a private whatever. You can do whatever you want, right? But you can't put an ad out on Facebook or you know you can't stick ads in the newspaper and say this stuff is happening. So it all has to be word of mouth, so it becomes a bit more tricky. So you've got to get other people in for other things and then talk about it while they're here, you know. That's the thing. Can so. I see your light? Yeah. I don't think I brought a lighter. How am I? I was really going to... Excuse gonna... me for its message. <laughs> Ask Limaloy for a lighter. I dare you. There's a reason for that lighter and those lighters being around is that we bought a whole bunch of clipper lighters with stuff on and what that we were selling in the gift shop and that was just one of the you know there was some we just felt weren't very appropriate to be selling as a church and that was just one of them. So, so keep those ones what was that this is huckleberry
Yeah, just <coughs> friend just harvested and sent me on the road with some pre-rolls. He said, go share them. Well, Lee, I definitely want to thank you for the tour. Thank you for coming on the show way back when. That was great. You keep shining your light from within, and that's what brings the change. So, you know, you can't teach it to anybody else. They can only learn it. So be it, be that for them. So thank you. that this lady had she survived and lived she would be right here with us you know she would be right here. oh lord won't you buy me a mercedes benz my friends all the right portion i must make amends i worked hard all my lifetime no help from my friends so lord won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Or Irish, like monsters, <laughs> ghosts, like any, how about, um, like we pass the joint maybe to the right all the time. Uh-huh. Or, um, let's see, you, can, you can't drink Guinness at the same time on the same day as you Here's smoker. the thing, right? Is that there probably are and I just can't think of anything right now. Uh-huh. Just totally blanked on all of this. Because, uh... Well, when, when I'm asking about an American one, I can barely come up with what. Right. Um, high times. High times, yeah. 420. There you go. Yep. That's a good one. I don't think say anything, really. English There's a lot of hash smoking. Is there a lot of hash smoking in... I nearly all, or, until I... Uh, well, there you go. That's different. Yeah, that's totally... I hardly ever touched hash. Like, it was a yeah. rare occasion to get hash. No, we, that's all I smoked, almost all the time. If it was, you know, the flour was very rare shit, so... Uh, maybe once in 20 times you get some flour, if you're lucky. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it sought after or not? It just it showed up? For me, it was just like, you know, yeah, it just showed up because, you know, I'm, you know, hash was what I got. You got what you got. It was gap. He came. That's what he had. You know, mm-hmm. like, fucking choices, bullshit. Uh, how did you smoke it? Out of a pipe. Like a, like a wood pipe. Just crumble it. And... Just, just the hash? Just into the wood pipe? With, uh, Nothing else in it? A little filled up. Just a little bit. I remember just just taking shavings and putting them on top of flour. That's how I smoked it. Yeah. What's the next marketing? What do you guys do? You market any of the um, companies here? What do you mean? Like uh, any of the bud companies? Any of the? Or do you do events? Or what's the? We are we do, we're working with. Um, uh, doing the online stuff for Juju Marley right now, his brand. Um, nice. Which is, it's like, it's, it's not as, you know, it sounds cool because he's a Marley, mm-hmm. right? But that's the only reason it sounds cool. You know what I mean? It's like, or to get anyone to really care other than, well. All oh, right. He's not the Marley, though, is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so it becomes like, I don't know. Yeah, because it's all just, it's all. 
weed? It's hard to make anything stick out. Yeah, I mean, it's... And also you can't... It's hard because it's different, a little bit different in each state because you can't... You have to use the stuff from over where it, wherever it's being grown. It's not ever... You can't have consistency of, like, you know, go to and get booze is always exactly the same. You want federal's, federal legalization for the marketing factor? No different laws, different states? Trying to market this Marley weed to the different markets? No, I just want it because, like, fuck off and leave us all alone. You know, we've got jobs to do and stuff happening over here. I'm like, feds, you know, just leave it just away. Yeah. Make a rule, right, sell how much tax you have to pay and fuck off. That's right. Make a rule. Tell us how much tax we have to pay and fuck off. Exactly. One, two, three. Pretty good. How to govern. <laughs> uh, simple principles. Yeah. That's what you need. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Dying for dollars is trying to find me. Well, I wait for delivery each day until three. So, Lord, won't you buy me a color TV? Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? Yes, I'm counting on you, Lord. Please don't let me down. To love me and buy the next round. So, Lord, won't you buy me a night on the town? Everybody, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all the right portions. I'm just making men. I worked hard all my lifetime. No help for my friends. So, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? You're sitting on the mine, or a mine, of something. It's an explosion of creativity out of the, you know, like the Whoville. We're here, we're here, we're here. You've exploded into the cannabis culture with this. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Any final words? Hmm. I don't want to say my final words now. That would, that would suck. I need to say my final words in at least another 30 or 40 years. Any words to leave us with until we meet again? I would say that like, the International Church of Cannabis is a, is a building, right? But it's based on an idea of elevationism which is that um, you get stamped with your uh, religion as a child often. And uh, it's not your fault that you have it. And it seems like you, this is a place where you can just come, come, bring it with you, it's fine, no one's going to judge you. Uh, smoke some weed and then talk to other people who have their own versions of that, or none of it at all. And it, it's all good. And that's how you make it. 
chill and bring some real peace to the world, I think, is just get rid of all this religious uh, animosity. And that's it. That's, uh, that's at church. Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Here's Token.